I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about Batman and a Batman podcast. Uh, what did you want me to say in this part? It's a show! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I am a podcast. Oh! Welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an interview variety show for your ears based on the legendary 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, Stay Indoors. It's what you should be doing now. Please, stay indoors. Today's episode... Live at San Francisco Sketchfest. That's right. Before we were all quarantined, the podcast traveled to San Francisco to record a live episode from Sketchfest. It's a casual bat chat featuring today's guests, Maurice LaMarche and Ify Wadiway. Ify is a writer, comedian, and host of the podcast Nerdificent, and Maurice is a veteran voice actor who's been on the podcast before, so if you guys are interested in actually hearing a more in-depth interview with him, check out episode 23, The Man Who Killed Batman, it's a good one. But for now, and without further ado, let's just get to that interview. Welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast live at San Francisco Sketchfest. I appreciate y'all coming out here today. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. We have an hour. We have two great guests. Please put your hands together for our first guest, Ify Wadiway. You know him from, I mean, he's a writer on Tigtone on Adult Swim. He is uh, of the sketch comedy and improv group White Women, Comedy Bang Bang. Give him a round of applause. There we go. Woo. Hey. Hey, yeah, I wanted to initiate the sitting. You yes. were standing, I was like, I'm No, gonna I like a sit. Thank yeah. you for sitting. Mm. Uh, how you doing? Good, good, and yourself? Good. Yeah, uh, how you feeling? You know, this, the weather always gets me. The You mean just in general in uh, San Francisco? San Francisco, yeah. It's, it's usually, a real treat. Yeah, it's like a little cooler. We don't get fog as much. Yeah, I, think, I like fog too. I'm like, yeah, you know? I, I want to live my life like it's the movie The Mist. You know, you never know what's coming up. I don't out. want the end of that movie to <laughs> No, happen. yeah, yeah. No, I want to be the guy who's like, no, nah, I think we should wait five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, everyone's safe. Yeah, we are. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's put it together, put it together, put our hands together for, uh, second guest, Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain, the voice of everybody you know, yeah. new Animaniacs coming in 2020, Disenchantment, and of course, Murph. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama. <laughs> Maurice, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How do you feel about the fog of San Francisco? Yeah. Fog, my friends. It will be cloud men's minds. I, 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 it's, it's certainly different from Los Angeles, you know, yeah. which is great. Uh, I love any kind of a change up, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a little bit cooler. It's a little bit, uh, just it's got a nice mystique to it. I like it. Mm. Yes. 
Well, I wanted to talk to both of you. You've been in Batman the Animated Series. I have. You were in an episode called The Man Who Killed Batman. Man Who Killed Batman, I played Murphy. Or yes. Murph. Thug number three. Thug number three, <laughs> but he actually gets a name. The and, storied role of a career in and, animation. And, and Joker, Joker sends him into uh, uh, the pit of uh, hyenas. That's how he meets his end. And if you grew up watching Batman the Animated Series, yeah, yeah, you would know, you say you're a super fan? Yeah, I'd say I'm uh, I don't know. You, you texted know, me like about we, Clayface this morning. Yeah, yeah, so. I liked him because I was like, oh, this guy is juicy, thick, uh, you know, scary. And then he could do things with his... With his body, he can like. Oh, you're talking about Clayfish? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Because <laughs> I'm juicy thick and, and thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> spilled something on my shirt. I mean, both actors, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you. What was your first experience watching Batman? Uh, I think it was just, you know, that was it was that peak time in the 90s where we had like dope comic book cartoons, you know, you had like the Spider-Man uh, animated series, X-Men, and you had uh, <laughs> you had Batman, and it was, uh, it all was like great, because it was when we were like, yeah, we're just gonna do stuff from the comics. <laughs> I feel like we grew up in like a, a golden age of animation, uh, and I feel like you were a huge part of yeah. like every one of the cartoons that I, I loved watching. Well, that's very kind. I was very lucky. I was, just, I was just lucky to come along at that time when Warner Brothers just decided they're going. They wanted to have a, a renaissance of animation because they made they made stuff up to that point that was just kind of flat. Road Runner, the Coyotes after you. You know, it was you know, <laughs> it was post Chuck Jones, and they still haven't found their identity. It was, just, it was not terribly interesting to look at, and I, I think the Spielberg kind of renaissance of. Uh, Animation just lifted the bar for everything, uh, starting with Tiny Toons and then and then Animaniacs, but at the same time, the team that put this together, you know, they really the, the thinking was that they wanted to go back to the Fleischer Popeyes, uh, the Fleischer Supermans, yeah. excuse me, and and um, and sort of go, what if Fleischer Studios got a sh shot at Batman, you know? Let's and and they and they did. I mean, it was it's it was it's beautiful to look at. It's it's not it's not of a particular time, so it could be the '40s Batman mm -hmm. or it could be yeah. the, the current day, and um, I just felt very lucky to get to do a couple of episodes. You know, uh, I think up to that point, uh, you know, I'd been mostly a comedy guy, although Real Ghostbusters was had its uh, certainly serious moments, um, playing Egon, but um, you know. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm most edified by your applause. <laughs> um, and and so I long came this this henchman named Murphy, uh, who you know he he um, uh, Andrea decided to give me a, a shot playing Andrea as Romano, a, Andrea Romano, yeah. voice director. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. I think everybody knows Andrea because <laughs> goodness knows she she was the pinnacle to get to to be in Andrea's uh, you know sort of fold. Of, of actors that she used all the time was a real coup. So, <clears throat> so I just, and, I, and, and Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> and, and the Joker. Uh, I was just talking about this at the last, at the last uh, show I did. Uh, he, was, he was so nice to me. I mean, the first time I met him, I was coming out of a pinky in the brain. He was coming in to do a Batman, and and Andre said, "Oh, I'm gonna come, come, come on! I want to introduce you to Mark Hamill." And so I was like nervous. I was gonna meet Luke Skywalker, and she goes, uh, 
Maurice, this is Mark. Mark, this is, I know who he is. He's Maurice, that's your Maurice LaMarche, oh my God. I've watched your, sh I've watched your comedy. I'm a comedy geek. I've seen your Merv Griffins and I've seen you on uh, the Young Comedians. I've got that, I play it all the time with Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kinison. You are terrific. So it's like I went, holy shit, Luke Skywalker <laughs> knows who I am. This is amazing, you know, and we've been friends ever since. And I don't know, maybe it might have been his reaction to me that kind of made Andrea think, well, maybe these guys have, you know, got a little, a little chemistry. So they wrote this Murphy guy, and he actually got two episodes, even though I can only find one credited. Uh, I came in again and played him, and I think that's the one where he, you know, gets killed in the vat of hyenas. But um, <laughs> I felt so honored that he had a, he had a full name. No, he wasn't nice. just, as you say, as you say, henchman number three. Yeah, yeah. he, no, he they was gave Murphy. that character a title. Hello, Murph. You know, <laughs> so, um, so that, was, that was fun. I did another one with Ed Begley. I was in the Ed Begley's episode. I might have been just thug number three in that Yeah, one. I know he kind of popped up around Batman as well. Yeah, I'm uncredited in that one, but yeah. I, yeah, I think it was maybe a Clayface episode. Might have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, legitimately, I think you played a goon of Clayface, you guys. Yeah, we, we, yeah, see, we made the circle. We've, well, we've yeah. completed the circle. We end the podcast uh, an hour early. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming out. Hey, thank you for trekking out here. Yeah, no, thank you. And that's it. That's it. That's all we do. Um, well, if you, you I, guys are great. You're a great audience. Have you seen Star Wars? You really think that was the rise of Skywalker? I don't know. <laughs> I think my character deserved better. <laughs> I'm channeling. I'm channeling because that's the way I. Feel this about truly it. is like yeah, it's like a perfect Scarlet. Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm channeling Mark because that's the way I feel. I feel like uh, his character deserved a little better for a picture called The Rise of Skywalker. No spoilers. Oh, yeah, but, I still haven't seen it yet. Okay, I'm late on the game. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. let me know what you think afterwards. Not right, gonna... I'm, I'm gonna wait till I finish Fallen Order. I want to go in order. Okay. You know, I want right. to play right. Fall in Order. Right. I want to go on the ride at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go I on the, the ride movie. first. I gotta get rise yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is people not going on with their brains loaded with Star Wars, <laughs> and then you know, then you get in there, and that's when you finish it. Yeah, you gotta go back for the Mandalorian too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in the Mandalorian. You should never see this last movie. Yeah, yeah, I know that's. I'm going to live my life it not will knowing live forever if you never see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there won't be another Star Wars. I'm sure they won't I make one a year after no, this. No, yeah, 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 no. no. Well, you know, I, I, I listen, I, I, you know, I, I am looking forward to the Obi-Wan series. That'll, yeah. That'll be yeah. fun. Uh, but I did that with Monk, Ooh. a show set in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the last two Monks because then Monk would be over. Oh. And I loved Monk. I, I'm a big Shalhoub fan. You're a Monkhead? I'm a Monkhead, yeah. I think. <laughs> Let me just straighten out these glasses. These are not set exactly three centimeters apart. There go. Uh, I actually contracted an OCD from Monk. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, problematic, but it was a good show, so people show. were saying the OCD's worth it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I never missed an episode. Because <laughs> I have OCD. Uh, so... I, I kind of wanted to talk to both of you because I know Maurice. We've talked before on the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, if you yeah, never I know had me on. No, I know. I've, I've emailed you every day. Yeah, every day, and I, you know, I spammed it. The <laughs> Let first your boy time, get on, baby. Get I love. Yeah. I want to talk to Bat. 
it's and you, baby. you found yeah. so many new email addresses yeah, yeah, yeah. to bother me with. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you just add a number and keep going, you know, I was on Batman, Black Guy, a million. Yeah, <laughs> so, that way it was a million. It yeah, wasn't it was, the number yeah, a million. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is gonna be too hard. And I was like, all right, well, he's committed. I guess we'll do it for the live show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But both of you, uh, you grew up on Batman as well. You, yeah. you're like, you know, a comic book nerd. Yeah, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, what do you guys think is so? Uh, interesting to people about this character. Why do why do we keep seeing iterations of Batman? What are you guys attracted to? He's Batman. <laughs> I think it's because he's Batman. I'm Batman. Any one of us could say, I'm Batman. I if mean, we I just had enough that. billions of dollars uh-huh. and a good gym membership uh-huh. and a couple of karate lessons, uh-huh. just um, a couple, yeah. and a lot of uh, you know a lot of cool bombs and stuff like that, and a cool car, we could say, I'm Batman. Yeah. I, I mean, th- if only Trump had decided to say, I'm Batman. <laughs> He'd have my vote. Instead of, I'm president. <laughs> It'd be a better world. Yeah. I often thought that back in the, uh, back in the 80s. Like, well, you know, Donald Trump, yeah. he's a billionaire. If he decided that he wanted to fight crime, he could, he could be Batman. <laughs> It'd be cool. And I so wish he'd gone for it. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we still got potential Batmans. We got Bezos. He could get, he's getting swole. I think yeah. he's trying to be yeah, Batman. Think he's, I, think, yeah, yeah, he's I don't know if he's better yeah, than yeah, Trump, all right? right. <laughs> and I look, I saw him in a Mac, and I'm like, you know what? Look, if you get in a Mac, I'm going to like you. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no Mac heads in here? It no just... one wants Gundams to be real? All right. All right. <laughs> all right you got well, horrible work practices. Bezos. You treat your employees like garbage. But if you're in a Mac, I'm okay with it. Look, you don't make a million Gundams without making a few enemies. <laughs> Ah, that old catchphrase. Uh, Well, I think what I do like about uh, Batman and not Donald Trump is that Batman in this series is empathetic, right? Like, it's not just a dude who's punching people. It's not just a dude who's just, you know, like, beating the shit out of people. It's a guy who is also looking to reform criminals, which I feel like did have a huge impact on me when I was growing up watching this version of the show. Yeah, yeah. I think think that's something that... uh... They kind of overdid for comedy in the 1960s, man. Uh-huh. So, you know, we can perform him, Robin. <laughs> we can get the Riddler to just stop asking questions. I don't know. But, you know, he was, uh, I think, I think that. Uh, this yeah, this Batman is a well-rounded character. He's not as damaged as even the Keaton Batman. No, uh, Keaton Batman's got a long table that he takes people to for an intimate dinner. Oh yeah, mistake yeah. number one. <laughs> Crazy, but could you? Uh, that's assault. Yeah, thanks. Hang on. <laughs> Save that guy for later, okay? <laughs> How do you guys feel about Keaton Batman? Uh, he was my, he, I think he was my first. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah he was was, my, I mean, I was, I went to see, I was one of those doofuses that went to, went to see movies I did not want to see just to see that first, first rough cut, no music, nothing, trailer. I just wanted to see Nicholson's Joker, we get a load of me. And, and Keaton hanging that guy over the thing going, who are you? I'm Batman. And I was just like, I wanted to see that costume. It's like, holy shit, it's not a leotard. <laughs> it's body armor. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, oh, at yeah. the time, that was a huge shift. Yeah. 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 I was like, I went from Michael Keaton. She, he should be playing the Joker. He just came off Beetlejuice. <laughs> you know, keep the white makeup on. Take off some of the, you know, shit. On his face, <laughs> and just give him a green wig, and he's Joker. You don't want him as Batman. And then I saw that trailer and went, 
holy crap, this is going to work. Yeah, it really works. This is yeah. going to be amazing. And they just keep making it realer and realer. Well, wait, sorry. After, after, after Schumacher had his way with it, um, you know, the, then, you know the, the Christian Bale iteration was, this could happen. Yeah. There could be a real guy. Oh, yeah. Enough resources, and there could be a guy that, you know, there's nothing that happens in any of those movies that couldn't happen except for, of course, Bruce Wayne getting all the way from that, you know, Africa to <laughs> Gotham City in his street clothes and nobody noticing. But other than that, we got to suspend our disbelief a little bit. Everything is possible yeah, yeah. in the world of the Chris, of the Chris Nolan Batman. Yeah, yeah no, those, those were cool. I think I, I, I think there was something to like the OG like Batman where it was like trying to be very like stylistic. Like I, I like when because I think there's like two routes people can take where they either want to like create their own style of Batman or they want to ground the Batman uh -huh. and I and I like well because I think that's also what makes the animated series work like I think they want it like a very distinct style in the way it looks and it really stands out and they were trying to like create new things and not like revamp old things like that's how we got Harley Quinn and I think that's like uh, yeah. one of the coolest uh, parts of the Batman animated series is like oh we made a whole uh, new character yeah no, that's totally out of uh, Paul Dini's imagination. Yeah, yeah, let's take an iconic character. Let's keep all the stuff that works, and let's sort of reinvent a new sort of emotional pathos. For yeah, them. Uh, you know, it's the gimmick plus we have sort of this. You, the villains were the best part of the show. Yeah, uh, or at least for me, that's yeah. what I was attracted to. I think when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I feel uh, th this Each was speaking was, to me on an emotional yeah, level. Yeah, well fleshed out, and yeah. uh, they they were real. Yeah. Well, that's why it was so interesting, you know, because it feels like now people keep trying to rush back to the Joker, where I was like, well, let's go, you know, let's let's see some of these other guys. Like, like I really did enjoy Scarecrow. Yeah. We got to see Scarecrow in the Nolan uh, series. like, And that one is more fun because you get to do crazier things because now we're in, like, uh, you know, drug land. Uh -huh. <laughs> and anything can happen on drugs. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you, I'll tell you that Guys, much. in case you didn't know, anything <laughs> can happen on drugs. Yeah. I love how they touched on the idea that 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 uh, Scarecrow was trying to peddle his drugs on the street. Yeah, and people were having horrible reactions to it, and they were like, "Well, why would anybody buy this drug? <laughs> yeah, it's but bad. why would anybody buy any drug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all bad. Yeah, yeah but some horrible. of them are more fun than making you relive your worst fears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that it's but like, do you want the only get a you bad there. trip yeah. drug? Yeah. Yeah, 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 like I want the walls let's, melting and twerking. Yeah, let's, but let's, cut out, let's cut out the middleman of all that <laughs> yeah. laughing and you know extreme sexual potency, and let's go right to the walls melting. Yeah, Scarecrow, yeah. we got to sit you down. You could make yeah. a lot of money yeah, if you yeah, kind of just, refined this drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worms coming out your nose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, uh, I guess you do you. Uh, we appreciate yeah. you, Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we believe in your conviction. Uh, I feel like, and you know, bringing it to Clayface, which is, I feel like, a villain that the show did really well, yeah. which is a pretty gimmicky villain in the comics. I think, you know, I, I'm not like a super big comics buff, but I feel like the first Clayface comic was like him going into some sort of like, you know, a magical sort of body of water that like changed him and get, properties turned him into somebody that could sort of shape shift and yeah. stuff. And and this was at least. Grounded in the character first, it was a two-part episode. They talk about this, you know, he's an actor who's failing. Yeah. Uh, and so he wants to do anything he can to sort of, you know, keep relevant. And so he takes this sort of drug putty that he puts on his face and uh, is able to look young again, look, yeah. be, be the part. 
but what did you connect to about the Clayface character? Same thing. Clayface can be any one of us. As soon as I get wrinkles at 80 years old, I'm going to start putting that it's gonna on It's going to happen in the 80s? It's not going to happen there earlier? Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Cool, man. Cool, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Look, you know what they say. Uh, black don't crack. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Nor does Clayface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Unless he's been dry. Exposed yeah. to heat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put him under a heat lamp. It's Clayface don't crack. Yeah, he cracks. He's going to crack. He's uh, going to crack. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I liked Clayface. Clayface because I like uh, like something I'm learning more and more as I get older is like I'm real into like body horror and things that like the way I describe it, the feeling I get is it makes my teeth feel soft. Yes. Like certainly, oh, like yes. uh, if anyone what a saw. a great way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you saw the boys when he showed his gills, oh, my teeth immediately God. got soft. Or like if when they have those weird, I don't know why they have these, but toddler skulls and you can see the teeth that are supposed to grow in makes my teeth feel soft. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Any Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. the king it, of making your teeth, teeth feel soft. Teeth feeling soft. Teeth be soft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag teeth be soft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like the end of that Clayface episode especially is like just this man tormented by his roles as they're like popping out yeah. of him. Uh, and it's super disturbing for a child. Yeah, I know. We were, yeah, we were watching all of that like, oh. Yeah, but you got to scare the kids a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. That's we're too afraid to scare the kids. Right. Uh, we see real life horror. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, so that, that's what I do. I have a three and a half year old and I, oh. you know, she had to sit there and watch Midsommar with me. He's like, look, this is what dad's going to do when he's 75. Very Jumping cool that you did that with your yeah, yeah, you know, she has yeah. to know I'm jumping off a cliff. All right, to my you know, just the cliff scene. Yeah, yeah, please. just the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> just rewinded it. It's like, yep, this is what's gonna happen to Dad. I haven't seen. <laughs> if you don't get good grades. I haven't seen Midsommar. I didn't spoil Rise of Skywalker oh. for you. No, oh. I mean that's in the that's in the trailer. The oh, okay. Big, the, the, right. someone, yeah, yeah, I mean it's, it's a the... real happy movie. You'll enjoy okay. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. You know, a lot the, of flowers. Should, it's really nice. I should come out of this deep depression I'm in before I go see Midsommar. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let the Prozac kick in. Yeah, and then it'll just take you right back. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Uh, so I want to I wanted to talk to you, Maurice, a little bit about kind of your time working on Pinky and the Brain on Animaniacs. I feel like it, it feels like you were popping into different voice records back to back for different shows that were all iconic. What was that like? At the time, I didn't know it was iconic. I just felt lucky to be working. I mean, the fact I mean, I just reflected right in you know as I was as we were waiting to go on and you were doing the intro and I just I really thought of the idea that here are people who have come out because they love Batman the animated series and mm-hmm. we just came from an I just you know as on the date that we record this I just came from uh, a 25th anniversary uh, show over at the Marines Memorial with Rob Paulson and Cole Stratton and me people that loved Pinky and the Brain and it's like I you couldn't I couldn't have bet that that would happen. I knew I was on good stuff, but and because we had wonderful writing, and I think that's the key to all of these Warner Brothers cartoons, is that they recruited the best writers in the business. It mm-hmm. all starts on the page. And uh, so I felt privileged to be a part of it, but I, I didn't, I, I couldn't have known that it was going to be this special. But you, you know, you, you, you younger folks, <laughs> And I was just your age 15 minutes ago. Goes by, <laughs> goes by fast, so enjoy. Um, you know, uh, you have taken these shows to heart, and they're a huge part of your, of your life. I feel honored more than anything else to have been a part of it. But I, wouldn't, I didn't know at the time. I just felt lucky to be working and just knew I felt that this responsibility to, to do the best work I could, especially working. You know, when you're under the, 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 uh, the Spielberg banner, 
you know, in the Warner Brothers banner, you just better bring your best game. And I did, I did my best to do that. Yeah. You're incredible. Well, <laughs> thanks. But like I, I, said, I just felt like a lucky, lucky to be working actor. And, uh, and I say that without any hint of, of, of being ironic. I just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm in with some good people here. And don't screw it up. I, I, I have a question. You know, you do so many different voices. Were there any days that you just step in the booth and just, you, you're doing a voice and they're like, wrong show. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, they, I, I was lucky that I was never, by that time I'd gotten sober, so that didn't happen. Um, but um, no, I, uh, I just, you know, we, we horsed around a lot in the booth. We did a lot of goofing off and, you know, you know, breaking into Charles Nelson Riley in between takes. <laughs> you know, but we, and now he's a voice that I do on the Rocketeer cartoon. Uh, everything is grist for the mill. Um, but no, I never walked in and did the role. I've heard Billy West has, Billy West plays so many characters on Futurama that I have heard him, you know, jump between the professor and Zoidberg and do Zoidberg for the good news, everybody. Oh, wait. <laughs> and he'll go, oh, crap, that's the wrong guy. So I'll come back, good news, everybody, you know. Um, but, you know, I, no, he's, he's juggling like 72 plates yeah. in the show. So, um, you know, yeah, we just we just we just keep it going. Okay, I, I'm gonna say one last question I had because uh, on Nerdificent we had uh, Tara Strong on. Ah, uh, love yeah. Tara. And she she just like you do does so many voices and she was like, I remember all of my voices. Do you feel like the same way? Like it's wild. Well, they all feel different as okay. I'm doing them. Even you know my running gag. If you listen to if you you know bought the Futurama DVDs and listen to the commentaries, my running gag is that Morbo and Blur are completely different voices, <laughs> even though you know they use the same vocal tension. Yeah, Morbo the newscaster. Windmills do not work that way. Good night. And Blur, ruler of the planet Omicron, Percy I eight. Can I crash on your couch? <laughs> They're the same vocal tension. I'm using the same throat stuff, but they feel completely different. Lur is a much more uh, put-upon guy. He's more of a wise, wise ass. Um, he's got a wife that, you know, just trying to constantly trying to get him to lose weight. And, and uh, Morbo's wife is more concerned with just that his tie is straight. It's fine. It's fine. I will destroy you. You know, he's just more formal because he's a newscaster, so he speaks in a more stentorian manner. So, they feel completely different. When I'm playing them, I believe I could play them interview. Like, I always said to David Cohen, let's write an episode where Morbo interviews Lur on the TV. And he goes, oh, I think that would be just a little too confusing for our audience. <laughs> and he, I know what he meant was, I think it'll be too confusing for you, Maurice. Because uh, they look completely different. But I, 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 they're all in me, and they're all, they're all just different feels for me. Ooh. Different guys. All right. They're all different guys. Now I feel like you predominantly work in comedy. You came from like stand up uh yeah. and then kind of transitioned into voiceover, but yeah. like still it's all comedy uh most of the time. But do you I feel like with Batman projects you've gotten to play some dramatic roles. Like you've taken over as Mr. Freeze in some of the video games. Yes, yes, and, and Freeze and and Calendar Man <clears throat> are both two very different uh, characters, one has a huge, a ton of pathos to him. I mean, Freeze almost is somebody you could sympathize with if it wasn't for the fact that he makes a, a distinction between his wife's life, which is so valuable to him, and it's his quest 
is to save her, but nobody else's life is worth saving. Mm -hmm. So he's willing to freeze people to death on the path to saving Nora. Um, and it's what makes him a villain, but it's also, he's a heroic villain in that way. Uh, Calendar Man, I literally had to empty my soul <laughs> of any conscience, of any regret, and just be this, like just shut off that entire part of my brain that makes me a decent person. So when I'm playing Calendar Man down in the, when Batman goes down into the, the dregs of Arkham Asylum, I'm, I'm talking with delight about these murders that I perform on Valentine's Day and Christmas. And, and Those are happy holidays. I know. <laughs> and these are happy murders for Calendar Man. They bring him a weird sense of fulfillment, but I felt like I needed a wash after the Calendar Man. Yeah, sessions. how do you get yourself to that place? Is it, I mean, literally, it's like, it's like <laughs> shutting your brain down, shutting down your empathy. And and it was a it was it was it was a tough thing to do. I didn't just like decide. Well, what would Hannibal Lecter do if he didn't have an accent? Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> it was like, okay, you don't have a conscience. You 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 regard yourself as somebody superior, and people are just toys for you to play with. Go, and that's where I went for him. And Freeze, on the other hand, I can I mean I can see, you know, where he comes from. He loves his wife so yeah. much that you know he's willing to kill other people to save her life. So uh, those, those were employing some dramatic chops, I guess. But I think all comedians, uh, you know, we, we've gone a level deeper, you know, from just, I mean, being, you can't, you can't get to the stuff that makes life funny unless you can confront the stuff that makes life tragic mm -hmm. and turn it around. Yeah. And so you look at the absurdity, which is, you know, what makes, you know, what, what makes life painful, and you turn it on its ear, and you make an audience laugh over the absurdity, even if it's whether it's, you know, why do they call them apartments when they're together? They're togetherments. You know, I mean, that's, that's silly. That's <laughs> ah, that absurd. was Mr. Freeze. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, you, you, you look at something like that and turn it on its ear, but you can also look at, at uh, you know, tra tragedies in life. And, uh, and so if you can approach that, I think you can be a dramatic actor. I mean, you know, Don Rickles... Was a was a wonderful dramatic actor. I mean, uh, so many so many people in the comedy industry are you know wonderful. Dramatic yeah, I'm actors. always super yeah. interested to see a comedian play something straight versus the reverse, which you can't really see falls that. on its face. Yeah, when yeah. you when yeah. you get when you get a story about a comedian and they don't hire an actual comedian to play the comedian, you look at it and go, why? Why did that work? Why mm -hmm. is he funny? Why did the, Why did he become a big star in as a comedian? And we've got an unfunny person playing him. So, yeah, I, it, it's much easier to go the other direction, the funny person playing straight. I want to talk about Mr. Freeze a little bit, uh, which I feel like was a character that kind of was... Uh, the animated series helped build into a respectable person. Uh, at then least they in, gave like, it to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, then they did that, which they like kept the Nora stuff. They kept the yeah. you know wife who was still like on the verge of death, but then they were like, I, give it to Arnold. But I will say, you know, I I, I kind of like it, like because I, I like you know there was like an element to it because I feel like this was right before we got into the problem where comic book movies were afraid to be comic books. Right and now this, it's kind of swung yeah, the other direction. That was when they were like, all right, we went too hard on the gas. We were like, let's be a comic book, you know. Uh -huh. uh, but I respect it. Well, yeah, it felt like 60s Batman, but without the self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
but I feel like Freeze was a character who, you know, was you know a goon with an ice gun mm-hmm. before that. And I feel like Paul Dini's writing especially is what kind of elevated the character to who you get to play in a video game. When they go and they make a Mr. Freeze story, it's like, yeah, it's based on this cool version of yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and he stood out to me as a kid. I remember being like, this is my guy. <laughs> uh, do, did you have an affinity for that character? Or is oh, that yeah. Just... You know, as a fellow glasses wearer myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, we need more representation. You can't the hear media. the glasses, but yeah, yeah, we're yeah, wearing yeah, the glasses. glasses. Uh, and they look very cool. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, if you could see them, everyone in the crowd. Oh, boy, I wish you could pictures. see them. Yeah, it's flashing lights. They got to, you know, you, the pictures won't come out great because of the glare. Uh, <laughs> we didn't get that anti-glare. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't work because it's like it, the anti-glare is like green now. And so I'll do like on camera stuff with a green screen. They're like, why do you have green? And it's like, that's supposed to be anti-glare. Anyway, Mr. Freeze. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I always thought he was cool because, yeah, the, the Nora aspect was also really cool. Because, yeah, that, always, that was something that was in the in in. Yeah. Version, right? yeah, 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 and that's that's where I was introduced to him. Uh, so like, I, and that was always like. And tight. Michael Lancera's performance was, you know, just so it was wonderfully uh, uh, chilly emotionally. Yeah, and yet whenever he talked about Nora, you know, you could hear some emotion bubble up. But that was what they asked me to honor, more or less. Uh, Michael was ill when we did um, the game. He was actually slated to do the game and, and took ill. Uh, I auditioned, and I auditioned with a completely different voice, um, and I was booked with that voice. And I, I played Freeze as, as, the, as a man whose vocal cords had been frozen. Mm-hmm. So I played him like this. You know, it was, it was, you are in my world now, Batman. You will bring me Nora, or you will die. I mean that sounds yeah yeah. Good it was like you got me. the job. It was something. You know, it was enough to get me the job. But we got me in. We got me in um, the studio with Kevin, and you know we played a couple of scenes opposite each other. It was just it was really just uh, some B-roll stuff. We weren't actually going to record the game that way. But Mark, Kevin, and I were in a room together, and they they shot it so they could promote the the game with it a year and a half later when it came out, and they realized, oh my gosh, it sounds too close to. To Kevin's gravel is bad. Two gravelly characters. Oh, interesting. And so, um, so they asked me to come back and can you try to you know do a hybrid of something like that, but also honor the Michael and Sarah performance. So it came out. You are in my world now, Batman. You will bring me Nora, or you will die. And it 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 worked. It wasn't a full on impression of Michael. Yeah. yeah. But it was enough to. Uh, to get us there and to you know really bring in what people loved about the original show, so you know especially since they had Kevin and, and Mark, you know, in this iteration, so they were bringing people that were followers of that universe into yeah. this universe. I mean that's that that is like an interesting thing uh, because that uh, also came up in a conversation with Tara who took over for Harley Quinn right. and the idea of uh, making it your own versus doing a impression yeah. and is that just typically how you approach any role that you'll like? Well, I mean, unless it's now now it's sound alike where they've gone the old the other person is you know is 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 has died yeah you know I try never to do sound alike work uh, for people unless they've actually signed off on a sound alike. Like I on the, um, you know, uh, Boss Baby. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Uh, I sound like Alec anyway. I played yeah. him in Team America. <laughs> but, 
but um, he, you know, just he's a busy man. He doesn't have time yeah. to do, you know, the, the the little interstitials on the DVD or the Blu-ray, you know, the little special features. So I took over for Boss Baby on uh, all of that stuff. But Alex signed off on me, oh, nice. so I, I, that's the only way I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll do it. I won't take work away from a. Uh, from another actor because I can do a good impression of him. I don't feel that's fair. Um, but um, the the you know to uh, to answer your question, uh, that was my answer to the question. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was I was um, happy with that answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of that's my standards. Yeah. I, I will not step into somebody else's role. That I mean, when we kind of uh, you know we didn't go on strike, but we kind of took our time signing yeah. our contracts on Futurama. Um, and when we came back for that final season, then we held out for some some real dough. Uh, I, I I know the names of a few people that went and read for my characters, and I don't Ooh. really speak to them anymore. Wow, so, man! Because yeah, I would not read for The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, in 19, uh, 19, I think it was ninety four, where they held out and held out for more yeah money. yeah, and it's, it feels and like I it's said, happened a I couple won't times. Read. Yeah. yeah, I won't read, and a lot of a lot of my friends didn't read. But I kind of felt like I, would, I led the charge because I was the first person. That, they basically offered me uh, all of all of Harry Shearer's parts on a silver uh -huh. platter because oh, we had the same agent. No and I told my agent, I said, uh, "Just tell them I'm not I'm not interested. Those are Harry's roles, yeah. not mine." And then people started calling me. Are you reading for The Simpsons? No, I'm not. And so that's kind of where I stand on those. Oh things. wow! Yeah, yeah, a real one. Yeah. Looking. All right. Uh, I do want to talk about kind of a small project that was Batman the Animated Series related, adjacent. A few years ago, there was a Viewmaster VR <laughs> experience, yes, yes. which was catered to, I feel like, maybe this room of people. <laughs> uh, but also they were like, you need to buy this peripheral thing for a child uh, in order to experience the thing that you watched 20 years ago. Uh, and so they got some of the original voices. They got Kevin Conroy. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like Kevin should always play Batman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I he is my Batman in my brain. I don't want to go up against the people at Warner Brothers casting, but I just never. Every time they do a new project with a new guy playing Batman, I just go, why? Why did you get anybody else to play him? Yeah. There's no it's reason. Kevin. Kevin. Just get Kevin. He just iconically. Kevin is, is Batman. Yeah. He's played Batman more than any other actor ever to have the part. Yeah. Including Adam West. God rest his soul. So, yeah. Yes. So anyways, I didn't mean to drop. Well, but, I saw that you voiced some of the characters did. on that, including I did. I, a lot of the people who had passed away. So, like you know, uh, Commissioner Gordon, I I did, Alfred, I, I did and the Riddler, Bob's who, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Hastings, yep. and then yep. uh, you played Alfred, and also the Riddler, who I, I don't think John Glover. I don't know why, why I why I played the Riddler, but I don't I didn't I don't remember going. Okay, I'm going to do Glover because Glover's a friend of mine, and yeah. yeah. So, but I guess just John wasn't available, or they just. I don't know. I mean, he might have been traveling. So I, but I did go into it, and yeah, that was an interesting experience. Yeah, what was that experience like? Well, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that's just these little small moments, you know, because mm -hmm. the person's looking around and grabbing things and whatever. But it was, it was cool. I mean, the thing that I really wanted to be sure of was to, I was just really paying close attention to my, my uh, uh, Bob uh, Hastings impression uh, to do, to, to hit his... Uh, did I say the name right? Yeah, it's Bob, it's Hastings, Bob Hastings. Right? Yeah, I don't know why I want to say Bob Hopkins. There's no Bob Hopkins. <laughs> Bob Hopkins. Uh... Oh no, there was. Yeah, 
from Who Framed uh, Roger, Who Rabbit Roger Rabbit is the first person. Who's yeah, that's what I Hoskins, think of. Hoskins. Hoskins. There Hoskins, we go. Hoskins. That's it. Thank you. All right. This is what it's like to get old, Justin. <laughs> well, shoot. A I mean, preview. My brain both, is getting we, wrinkled. We, if he's both, never getting we wrinkled, both, yeah, uh, no. we need some clayface uh, stuff for our. Brains. Yeah. Anybody have a Any connection clay? to Daggett Industries in the go, audience? So, so yeah. So, and then there's Tony Hopkins. But what was it like, uh, I guess, developing, and it's similar to what you were asking, I feel like, Iffy, but like, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying I'll to imitate catch a him, Clarice. <laughs> I wasn't done with that impression, sorry, now I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm living for it. I had to pay it off. Um, so it was, just, it was just a little different, because you weren't doing an actual script straight through. It was a lot of one takes and a lot of, don't touch that. Right, not touch, that door. Uh, touch this, <laughs> lift that up, reach over and grab that, you know. Uh, so you know, it was a little a little different than a, a linear Batman adventure. Yeah. Is there a tedium to recording that kind of stuff, or is it all kind of fun? Well, you you know, it's I wouldn't use the word tedium. It's just a different rhythm. Okay. Um, uh, you know, you're there to do a job. Some some scripts are more fun than others. Uh huh. You know, but you're there to do a job. You're there to service the project. So, but uh, you know, there are times I I. I do, I do like a linear story, yeah. um, but you know, you do it, and I did, and I had a great, great time. It was great to work with Andrea again, and uh, uh, you know, but we did, we tended to do the stuff one at a time, you know. Um, so I was just in, just doing all my cues, and it was like kind of a little phone book, and uh, you know, the same, the same with uh, uh, the Arkham series, you know. I did do, you know, if you haven't played all the Arkham games, I'm sorry to take it away from you, you know, to spoiler it, but the scenes where Freeze and Nora are reunited, uh, I did play them with that actress, and we were in the booth together, so we got to play that reunion, that's that bittersweet reunion off of each other. I so wish I could remember her name. She's a lovely person, but uh, and then we could, you know, Look it up on the yeah yeah. I was like, well, we have the internet. We have the internet. Pocket, yeah. I've never heard of it, and I don't know what it <laughs> is. Exactly. But she was wonderful, and uh, well, and it's so great to get in a booth with somebody else. I feel like a lot of the time you'll get in there alone, and it really is just such a difference. Well, that's right? kind of the Disney model is to is to do one on one. The Warner Brothers model, uh, and the uh, you know is uh, is to is to you know kind of make a semi horseshoe. Uh, and all play off of each other. And that's how we do. Ooh, what a we dream. Did, we yeah, did Futurama, and we did Disenchantment that way. And we're doing Disenchantment that way right now. So the, for the most part, we try to be as many actors in the room as possible to give, uh, you know, to give a, uh, you know, a sense of, of spontaneity and, and a give-take among ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. So that's, uh, that's, that's my preferred way of working. Ooh. We have a few more minutes, and I yeah. kind of wanted to open this up to see if you guys had any questions. If you had Ooh. any questions for anybody here, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, stuff. let me. If you want to come on up, speak into the mic. I wanted to know if anybody had uh, insights, thoughts about the Ralph Bakshi uh, Mighty Mouse and how that was influential on the animation that followed. I have no information about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like you're much more well-read than I am about that. Well, oh. Ralph, influ Ralph influenced a few of the writers that went on to work on Animaniacs, oh, nice. including Tom Minton, who's the physical model and, and, and emotional model for the brain. Uh, Minton worked on that. Eddie Fitzgerald worked on that. I think Gordon Bressack did. Um, so the, the, his irreverence bled through... Um, with that, I got to work with Ralph on Cool World, oh. and uh, 
Changed my body at yeah, an early age. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Ralph took a shine to me for some reason. He was very hard on a couple of the other actors. And, and, but for some reason, I got in the booth, and I guess because I was a new discovery to him, and I just tried, you know, he'd give me a character, and I'd do 17 things before we found the voice. And so he'd be in the booth with me, not on the other side of the glass, but in the room, smoking cigarettes. And just up in my face, going, that was fucking fantastic. <laughs> Everything you do, I think yeah, he's a fucking genius, this guy. I want you to record every fucking thing this guy does. Okay, go, okay, go, go down with the right idea. What else? What else you got? Come on. Go. That's great. That's fantastic. This guy's a fucking genius. Okay, all right. The fucking genius, Bruce. Fuck your head. I don't know where the fuck you've been all this time. It's fucking great. That's how I imagined Hollywood was going to be before I got involved. I was da, like, yeah. Ba, 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 uh-huh. ba, ba. yeah, I know. Oh, it's, it's Smoke so... constantly being blown in your face. Oh yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm ready. Well, <laughs> there's a drug involved, yeah. <laughs> and it makes you scared. Depending on the era, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is the scarecrow. He runs Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, if you want to come up, or I can just repeat it back into this. No, yeah, don't you want to be on a pod? So uh, this fellow here wanted to ask about any stories working with Kevin Conroy. So I, neither of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Kevin, um. Kevin is the quintessential pro. Uh, wonderful actor. Great guy. Just a really solid human being. And he has a great story. And I, won't, I don't want to take the story away from him in case uh, he comes on the show. But he's got a wonderful story. Oh, he story. has. <laughs> he, he told you the story? Oh, no, no. He's been on the show. So yeah. tell away. But did he tell you his 9-11 story? I don't know. I feel like you'd remember that. <laughs> I mean, it was a few years ago, but maybe. Yeah. I say let's this, dive in. This, this is, this is that, that thing that was in the, the terrific movie, My Favorite Year. If you haven't seen it, go see it. My therapist wrote it, actually, uh, before he became a therapist. But uh, it's that thing of you couldn't play that hero unless you had him inside you somewhere. It's one of the key lines in My Favorite Year. Kevin uh, went down to volunteer to uh, sort of feed the, the crews of the firefighters who were going through the wreckage after the whole thing had happened. And it was just, you know, he just saw these, these men were coming back from this horrific scene. And then, you know, somebody asked him what he did. He said, oh, I'm an actor. He goes, so what have you done? He said, well, I was of this and that, and I was on 30-something, and, and I was the voice of Batman. And, and one of the firefighters said, you were Batman? Goes, yeah. Hey, he was Batman. Do you know this is Batman? And we, and so the word got around the got around the room as he's you know volunteering to feed these guys, and somebody you know do the voice, and and so he just stood up and he went, "I am the night. I am Batman." And it changed all of their days as they as they you know they cheered him as he stood up and did the Batman voice. He was you know half of their childhoods too, or their wow. teenage years, and so. You know, but I thought about Kevin going down and doing something. So, you know, he did willing to do it in anonymity and then having his, you know, his secret identity exposed and using it to buoy people's spirits. So that's the kind of guy Kevin Conroy is. He's a gentleman through and through and a wonderful actor. Wow. We got time for one more question. Yes, you in the back. Here. <laughs> favorite moment of the 
Okay, cool. Thank you. So uh, somebody asked, what's your favorite Batman the Animated Series yeah. moment? Maurice, not one that you got paid for. Uh, so, yeah. Iffy, kick it um, off with you. The, the one I saw and I resaw recently, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Fucked me up as a kid. Uh, but it was like... There's a lot of that in this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was the... I forget her name. Y'all y'all will remember it as soon as I... But she was the, the like, grown woman in a child's body. Oh, baby doll. Yeah, baby yes. doll. And it's, like, at the end when she, yeah. like, is, like, basically being like, look, <laughs> this sucks! And, you know, but, like, in a much more dramatic uh, way. And, and I think that's one of my favorite moments because I think it hits on what you said before about Batman being more empathetic and actually hearing yeah. you know, some of these villains out and be like, why are you like this? It's much uh, harder to hear somebody out than to punch them in the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, I think, what the series did yeah, really well. Yeah, no, that's what I try and tell you all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, one day I'll learn if he... But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I th- at the end of that episode is yeah, like her the, in a cracked mirror. I think it's like a house of mirrors or some sort yeah, of carnival, and right. she looks like... The, the version of herself that she wants to be. Yes. Uh, but she kind of perpetually looks like a child, um, uh, you know, in real life. And so she's standing there and crying. And yeah. he's just like, I think, comforting her. And yeah. it just sort of fades to black on that. Yeah. Which I feel like is pretty intense. And then after that, I was supposed to go clean my room? What? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, <laughs> hang on. Like, wait, hold on. What's going, what's going on? I've been broken inside yeah, out, yeah, mom. Yeah. No, you think my Nigerian-ass dad knew how to explain that? No. Like we didn't have okay, Batman. Okay, so, yeah. We Batman in there. You want Batman. So well, we didn't okay. have Batman's Dad, baby yeah. doll, baby go, doll. Go clean your room. Go clean. Uh. Baby doll, though. <laughs> She didn't mean no, to. No, no, there are no Batmans in Nigeria. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk more about this later. Um, uh, f- that that was that was a killer moment. Yeah, but um, there was an episode where Batman, where Bruce is dreaming, and he doesn't know he's dreaming. Mm-hmm. He figures it out because he can't write in the dream, and I was like. Oh, that's right. I've never been able to write in a dream <laughs> or ever remember anything. Oh my God, if a villain ever captures me and puts me in a coma, I'll know because of this Batman episode. I'm doing Mark Hamill again, sort of. <laughs> so that was kind of like, that was like one of those moments where I just went, oh, you know, anything that makes you inhale your own lung. Yeah, it deeply By the way, me. Sissy Jones, name of the actress, ah. playing uh, ah. Nora Freeze in that wonderful little scene that we got to play off. I'm glad we got closure on that. Yeah. yeah, I love Perchance to Dream. It's a, yes, it's a Mad Hatter dream. episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there it is. And it also stuck with me for a very long time until I interviewed Alan Burnett, who was the writer of that yes, episode, right. and told me that he just made it up. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? That's not a real thing? He's like, no, you can, you can, there's nothing that says you can't read in a dream. And I was like... Well, I've been living my life very differently because of this television episode. Well, did did anyone ever tell you, like, when I was a kid, the big thing was, like, if you're in a dream and you want to know you're in a dream, you got to try and turn off a light switch because uh-huh. you can't turn off a light switch in a dream. And uh, and I'm too busy dreaming to try it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm dreaming. I can't not be yeah, in the yeah, dream sorry, right I'm... now. Isn't it that you'll die if you turn off the light switch? <laughs> well, if you turn it off, your, your brain just shuts no, down. No, yeah, yeah. No, that, that wasn't mine. Mine, the one that the kid said is if you sleep like this, you'll die. <laughs> You can't sleep like a vampire. Sorry, you become a mummy automatically. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, if he put his hands, hands over like, his yeah, chest, you cross your hands. not unlike a mummy. Yeah, and I've never done it. I don't want to test that out. No, what I mean, if you I'm just right? did. What also, you right? could be dead. You're undead right I know, now. I know. I know. Hold on. Let me write something. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, pens up here on this stage. Oh. Uh, there are so many moments that I love. Uh, I think recently I was just watching a, a two-parter called Robin's Reckoning. 
which I haven't seen in a while. I kind of avoided the Robin episodes when I was younger. I felt like, oh, these are talking down to me. <laughs> uh, and I feel like I watched some commentaries where like Bruce Tim talked about how he didn't like Rob- Robin, and I was like, the adult's right. I don't like kids. Uh, <laughs> but rewatching it, I was like, this is a really solid two-parter. It's really beautifully animated, and they, they tackle loss and grief in a way that's... Uh, deeply human. So I, I think right now, for me, I guess uh, Robin's Reckoning would be one of my favorite kind of moments. Uh, it's, it's just beautifully animated. It has quiet moments, which I don't think you get a lot in yeah. you know uh, kids' animation as much these days. So. I know. You know the only quiet moment I remember is in the Buffy episode when her mom dies. There isn't any soundtrack for that whole episode, and they won an Emmy for it. Oh, damn. Yeah. Hey, see, we got some buff heads in here. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what we're calling each- Beavis and buff heads yeah. <laughs> in the audience. That's what they like to be called. Here's a funny thing. So when I was coming up for this episode, I was like, oh, man, I got to uh, gotta like watch some Batman to catch up. And I was like, oh, how am I going to do it? And I totally forgot. I have the complete series that they sold as a set, and it has the pop figure, but I'm not going to open it because I'm a dumbass nerd. No, <laughs> no, open it. Even no, if it's not, no, come on, I'm not going to open it. Worth it is I've not going to be opened it. It's yeah, not open going to be open. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, <laughs> I bought it, and I fucking gave away the pop. Oh, I'm gonna throw you. I was just, I'm gonna throw you. I off just. The, I don't need the pop. The I want to watch the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking you all the way to I the bridge, the show. throwing you off. I can't believe it. Uh, any final thoughts uh, to close out the podcast? This episode of Batman the Unmade Podcast Live. This does not make us friends, Justin. <laughs> Damn, I was so, really hoping two appearances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the third. Yeah, yeah, no, I just want to thank Maurice for being a part of my childhood. Oh, I want to thank you for letting me. Yeah! I want to thank you for letting me into your room. I know, I just... Just Thank feel, you. you know, I feel lucky. You, you're, you've been doing it too. But like, we've just been in the position to like meet all the people whose voices we've heard, words we've written that have made us writers and voice. Yeah, but people. then I, I'm, I'm reliant on you because I'm just a, a guy, a working actor who hopes to keep on working, and I'm reliant on you to give me jobs. Well, come on in. We're <laughs> right now. Don't baby. be thinking. Don't be thinking legend. Be thinking. You know, Mo could use a gig. <laughs> I saw that stain on his shirt. He's, he needs, he needs, he needs work. Think, think that, think that. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out. If you want away, Maurice Lamarche, please. Thank you, thank you so much. Have a great rest of the weekend. Bye bye. There you have it. That was the live episode. Thank you so much to everybody who showed up. It was a treat getting to meet old fans of the podcast and people who just discovered it for the first time. And guys, this is a crazy time to be alive. You know, I hope this podcast gives a little anxiety relief and that you're all staying safe and healthy indoors, getting a chance to watch a lot of Batman the Animated Series, whatever your self-care regimen is. I'm not sure if the podcast will continue anytime soon, but if it does, you'll find out by following the show on Twitter and Instagram at BTAS Podcast and on my personal account at HeyJustin. Who knows? Maybe I'll dig into some Batman Beyond if that's something you're into. Now that we live in a post-apocalyptic future, why not dip into Batman's post-apocalyptic future? Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo, and Casey Trela helped produce the theme song. Harry Chaskin is the booming voice of this podcast. Thank you so much again to my guests Ify Wadiwe and Maurice LaMarche, and special thanks to Grant Martz for recording and mixing the live show, and to Cole Stratton, Janet Varney, the Piano Fight Theater, and the whole SF Sketchfest team for having us. Lastly, warm wishes to Tori Malatia, who had this to say about social distancing. We let get a load of me. All right, until the next time we meet inside your ears, stay safe and healthy, guys. Hey.